I want you to think about uh, when the first time in your life where you attempted to do something that seemed impossible. For me, my first memory of that, well, I was probably eight or nine years old and I made pretty good grades in school. Nobody's ever confused me with a genius, but I made uh, pretty good grades. And, and so I was invited to, to test to be in a specific program there at my school. And so I show up one day in the middle of the summer and the school counselors are waiting on me. They take me into this little room and they begin to give me a test and they'd ask me questions and I'd say the answer and they would write something down and, and on and on we did this. Uh, at one point in the test, they pull out this uh, clear bag of blocks and, and dump it on the table. They say, this is a puzzle of a map of the world and you have one minute to put it together which is a problem for me because I uh, grew up in Southwest Missouri. I had a pretty good handle of the shape of Missouri. Uh, outside of that, everything else was a little shaky. I, I think maybe I could have drawn the United States, but I, I didn't even know what the world was. I didn't know how many continents there were. I didn't know the countries of the world. And so he started the stopwatch and I fumbled around for just a few seconds. And then we just sat in silence. I, you don't know how long a minute is until you sit in silence after you've just miserably failed but it was impossible for me. You know, reading Rainbow was wrong. I can't do anything that I put my mind to. It's wrong. You know, we've spent the last eight months together in the book of James, and I sometimes leave church with that same feeling. This is a beautiful sentiment. The ugly truth is, is I don't think I have it in me to pull it off. It's a beautiful sentiment. Take joy in your suffering because your suffering produces endurance and endurance must have its perfect work so to become spiritually mature. It's a beautiful sentiment to think that we really could be the kind of people who don't speak ugly about one another. It's beautiful and powerful to think that we can really reject pride and embrace humility. It's, it's, a, it's a holy thought to think that we could uh, reshape our mind about our money. It's a beautiful sentiment. The ugly truth is, is I don't think I have it in me to pull it off. Most of us will leave today after the reading of the book of James, defeated before we even hit the door. But James is proof. His own life is proof that we really can be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because James was a skeptic and he transitioned from skeptic and unbeliever to what Galatians chapter two calls him a pillar of the church. He was a skeptic. In fact, in John chapter seven, we meet James for the first time, not by name specifically, but we meet the brothers of Jesus and they're actually being sarcastic towards Jesus. Listen, I love sarcasm and I feel like it's one of my spiritual gifts actually. Sarcasm is great unless you're aiming that sarcasm at, sarcasm at Jesus Christ himself. Then it's just a bad idea. And James and the other brothers of Jesus, this is what they're doing to him. They're, they're saying, oh, Jesus, why aren't you in Jerusalem right now with the festival? You know, all of your followers are down there. That's where you should be. You think you're so great. You think you're so mighty. You think you have so many followers. That's where you should be. So he moved from that to a pillar of the church. And what, what changed? The resurrection of Jesus, his own brother changed. You think, well, yeah, of course, if I saw the resurrected Jesus with my own eyes, if I were an eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus, I wouldn't struggle at all. None of this would be impossible for me. But Jesus himself actually said that you have a leg up on James today. You're actually more blessed than him. You remember what he tells Thomas? You have believed because you've seen, but blessed are those who will believe and have yet not seen. So you and I today, 
We have an advantage that James didn't have. Peter, James's partner in ministry, fellow leader of the church in Jerusalem, this is how he starts his second letter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Two things that will give you encouragement today. Number one, you have an equal privilege with James. That's what Peter says. He says, to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours. Now, some commentators think that maybe what Peter's talking about, he's talking about a Jewish Gentile thing that uh, Peter was saying, yeah, with us, us Jewish people. And that was a big question for them in the first century. Jesus was Jewish. Do I have to become Jewish in order to be a follower of Jesus? But I think that that's definitely true. But it's more than that. I think when Peter is introducing himself here at the beginning of the letter, he's saying us or ours as leaders of the church, as apostles, as eyewitnesses of Jesus's ministry, people like James. And he says, you've obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours. We all have spiritual heroes people that we admire. We think, man, if I could just study the Bible the way that they study, if I could just read it the way that they read it, if I could just take it in the way that they take it in, if I could pray like them, if I could serve like them, if I had the wisdom that they have. And what this scripture says, you do. And you can. You have a faith of equal privilege, not just with your spiritual heroes, but with Peter and James alongside. We stand shoulder to shoulder with those men and women, those first followers of Jesus today. When it comes to being faithful, everything that they had, we have. Equal privilege and equal provision. Obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the clearest moments in the scripture where a follower of Jesus identifies Jesus as more than just good teacher, as more than just good leader, as more than just Savior, but as God of equal privilege with ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The reality is, is if being a doer of the word and and not just a hearer only is dependent on my righteousness, then I have failed before my feet would actually hit the floor. But we're not dependent on our righteousness. We have the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. And when you're about to give up, that righteousness will spring up. And it will spring up at moments that you least expect. Yesterday, I dropped Jackson off at a birthday party and I had a little time to kill and I've been doing some spring cleaning. I would think that we were having a baby and I was nesting, but I'm def- we are definitely not uh, having that. I pray to God. I hope that we are not. We just had one. And but I'm nesting, I'm nesting most specifically in our backyard. And so I've been putting plants in and, uh, and so I'm getting our patio just the way that I wanted. And so I went to one of those super cheap garden places, you know, the kind that where the stuff only lasts for one year, but you feel good about buying it because it's $5 instead of $30, right? So I'm in one of those places and I'm shopping, I'm shopping, I'm shopping. I go to check out and my card is full. I've got a giant patio table on top of the cart. I've got four chairs stacked on that. I've got an umbrella that I'm taking with me and I've got four throw pillows. Yeah, that's right. I'm not afraid to admit it. I bought some throw pillows yesterday. 
I don't need your judgment. James says, don't judge me. So I got all my stuff and I go to check out this guy, young guy, teenage guy, and he's got his little scanner and he's coming around and he's scanning the table and he's scanning the umbrella and he's scanning the chairs, one through four. And then he starts scanning the pillows and one of the pillows was kind of jammed underneath there. It was obvious. I wasn't hiding it. It was obvious. But as he's ringing me up, I think to myself, I think he missed that fourth pillow. And I just get this pit in my stomach because now I got a decision to make. Right, And the decision is, do I just count it as favor from God? Buy three, get one free. <laughs> or do I say something? And so I, uh, I, I think to myself, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to look at the receipt and then I won't know for sure. I'll just assume that he got it. He seemed like a bright guy. I'll just assume that he got it. And I will go on with my four pillows. I get out to my truck and all of a sudden, this something came up in me that like, no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely, I'm not doing that. I load all the other stuff. I pull out my receipt, one pillow, two pillow, three pillow, no fourth pillow. So I put it in my tr- cart and I walk it back in. I didn't think about it. I didn't debate it because something just sprang up in me. And what did was not my own righteousness. My own righteousness was willing to just take the chances that I did pay for it. But the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to life in me in that moment. There's some hard stuff in James, stuff that you and I won't be able to pull off. Your righteousness is not good enough and neither is mine. But we're not armed today. We're not commanded to be doers of the word and not hearers only with just the best you and I have to offer. Remember back in the day, those of us who are in the 30s, WWJD bracelets, how many of you had one? Just be proud of it. How many of you had one? Everybody had one. Had one. What would Jesus do? That's, that's what we were always asking ourselves. Great question. Great question. Maybe a better question for us today is what does Jesus want to do? Not what would he do, because that's past tense. But what does Jesus want me to do with his very present and very current righteousness that lives in me? We can be doers of the word today. We can be doers of all that we've heard in James chapters one through five. Not because of the best you and I have, but because we have a faith of equal privilege along with James. And we had the provision of a righteousness that comes not from us, but from our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. So God, that's what we do ask. We ask that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because we stand alongside the great saints today. It's amazing news that you have not treated them differently and given them more faithfulness than you've given us. And we receive your provision. Receive, receive a righteousness that does not come from human flesh. Receive a, we receive a righteousness today that comes from heaven itself. We practice your word. I pray that we will always remember these days that we've walked together through this very sacred, holy, and ancient book. We ask that it would bear much fruit in Jesus' name.